Richard, what have you got for us this week, sir? Uh, I got a pretty simple one that um, I have a couple of questions, but the one I don't want us to dive too far into it without uh, some other members kicking here, but how do you guys um, inventory and track your tools? Because um, I'm not too sure if a lot of techs know this, but a lot of shops that you may work in, and this goes for technicians across North America, a lot of shops that you work in, there is zero insurance on that on your box and then what the contents inside, right? So a lot of the times you got to carry your own insurance. You may be beneficial to work at a shop that has uh, shop insurance, especially if they have built-ins. They, if they're supplying the storage, they, my opinion is that the shop should be supplying insurance then. But my question is how going forward, how how do you guys maintain the inventory of your tools, right? I have, so I have all my receipts from, you know, Snap-on, Amazon, Mac, Macco, uh, the trucks I visit. I have, I have digital copies of all my receipts. I have all my serial numbers from all my large things like my electric impacts, all my electric tools and my batteries because those have serial numbers on it, my torque wrenches, anything that has a serial number on it is inputted, it's uploaded to a file on, it's, it's all in an Excel spreadsheet for me. And then I have, um, and it's on my, it's on the cloud, so I don't have to worry about if a hard drive crashes or anything like that. I update it whenever I make a new tool purchase. Um, I put the tool that I bought, and like, is it, is it Snap-on? Uh, it's basically like, like writing a vehicle down, your make model, how much it was at purchase time, and date of purchase and serial number. And then from there, I do, I take pictures of my box semi-annually. So twice a year, I take, I take, I open a drawer, snap a photo, close that drawer, open another drawer, snap a photo, and then all my cabs and everything like that. I take photos of everything, take a picture of the box, open it up, picture of the contents, close it, and then where it is and everything, right? So that's, that's my, I just want to know what your guys' is strategies are or plans are and then um yeah and i've never had to carry uh insurance just because every shop i've worked at has had some type of insurance that covers the totality of my tools but i know there's guys out there that will you can add it on i know in alberta at least you can add on um, an underwriter to your home insurance and have your tools covered and I, I don't know how that would be in Ontario, but I know in Alberta you can. Uh, but Alberta is all private insurance, so it varies. The cost varies by insurance company. And, uh, yeah, but that's, that's one thing I want to touch on is, you know, we touched on that a few shows ago where, you know, how much, how much do you have invested in tools? And then, you know, in the event that, in the unfortunate event that something happens and the shop burns down, you know, how you got to stay ahead of that and keep on top of it so how do you guys track your tools i i'm i'm bad i haven't done an inventory in probably well over a decade easily well over a decade <laughs> i used to i used to take pictures of everything like you like you said i think the last time when i left the bench the first time when i left the automotive bench i took pictures of everything that i had absolutely everything but i took actual pictures and i have no idea where those pictures are anymore it's been it's been far too long. Um, I know I had to take pictures of the shop. So when I came off the bench, 
Um, and when I came out of out of mobile repair and I put everything away, I guess when I thought I was going to stop home again, um, I had to take pictures of my shop here at home because we had to get secondary building insurance because we've got my shop out backs 1,200 square feet. So it's that's an addition to the house. So we had to do a second building add-on insurance bit to be able to do content insurance in the second building. You know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars worth of stuff just in tools, irrespective of of my BMW that was out in the shop at the time. Now it's gone, but now I've got my new bike out there. So it's like an extra fifteen hundred dollars a year to have the secondary building insurance that includes tools and stuff. Um, but I don't have like it's been a long, long, long time since I've had receipts quick to hand on any of those they're they're long gone from from that side of things so for you to have that much detail in those i'm i'm jealous and and realistically speaking that's what we should all have i don't think there's any better way to do it other than maybe when you take those pictures uploading it to that file uh that cloud file where all of your um receipts and stuff are having it in an itemized spreadsheet where you can click the link and say hey these are the tools that are in this drawer this is how much this and then your your know your make model so to speak and, and how much you purchased and when have a literal link to the picture of it in your toolbox that would be the the, the next level stuff but that is super organized that is way more than than i am i think i'm capable of doing at least at this present stage but i think that's more goal set what are we doing i think the safe answer is the majority of us are going to say we haven't done anything yeah um we have do you have now you said you every worked every shop that you've worked at had insurance where it would cover your tool loss. I haven't worked at a single shop that said they would. Their content insurance would not cover tools. Um, at least anyone that any tools that weren't owned by the shop. So I if yeah. I wanted tool insurance I had to get it myself. Stefan, what about you? Well, Does your shop cover it? Pretty sure we will. I mean I'd have to actually find out. To be honest, we've never had a, a concern, I guess. But, I mean, I don't think there's a better way that you can itemize it like Richard described. Take, taking pictures is the easiest, uploading them to a spreadsheet. I think it's also good for some of the new kids coming in or even some of the new techs. You can give them a, a sheet of, hey, this is what you're going to need to work on, maybe this particular brand that you might not already have. And you can jumpstart an apprentice toolbox pretty quickly that way just by plugging in about a quarter of every drawer that you have. So... I mean, that's that's super organized. I think we could all learn something from that, no no question, especially even mobile service guys. They, they probably need to have their organization up even better so that they know what's on the truck the day they're going out to a, to a job site and maybe they need to grab an extra tool that's not on the truck right now and, you know, on, on the swing doors in the back, you can have a whole list of everything that you got and maybe today you need a, a bigger rotary hammer or you need a, a larger piece of equipment and, and it'd be a lot easier to categorize, but... Uh, I've definitely fallen off, no question. My toolbox is an absolute uh, nightmare and disaster, much like my mind. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, it's really just intrinsically inherent that uh, I got a lot going on by the shape of the toolbox. It's uh, it's in disarray. So usually it's organized when I'm a little bit uh, less stressed, but for now it's going to be uh, organized chaos is, is what I'll call it. I know where everything is. I know when something's missing. It's somewhat ridiculous to even think that you can look at a pile of bolts and be like, I got a socket missing. Where where is that shape? <laughs> you know? Fair. I'm willing to bet Marshall's. 
I've seen Marshall's toolbox, uh, his toolbox, aka his rolling toolbox, aka his service truck with everything that's on it. I've seen it when it's clean. She be organized, right? And you don't you don't function too well when it's not organized because I know you get upset when it's not organized. Well, I mean, um, so I do the same thing uh, that Richard does, except for I don't have mine itemized in an Excel sheet, but. Um, I take pictures of everything that's in my truck quarterly, and then I go through and I take pictures. I also have a, uh, a I have a toolbox at the shop, and then I have a toolbox at a customer location that I work out of, so that I don't always have to be pulling stuff out of my truck. So I essentially have three sets of tools. I have a full set of tools at the shop, full set of tools at a customer location, and I have a full set of tools in my truck that being said though sometimes like i only have one air hammer right i keep that in my truck so you know that will that always floats around my truck it's always with me wherever i go i have most of my big impacts and stuff i only have one of um or uh a lot of my uh, uh cordless stuff i only have one of you know but i some some things i do have multiples of because it's easier just depends. Um, but anyway, um, what I do is I take pictures of everything quarterly because I do buy tools regularly. So every quarter I'll go through and, and take pictures of where everything's at. So that way, um, say my truck got stolen tomorrow, I would at least have a, a, a fairly recent inventory of everything that's in my service truck based off of pictures. Mm -hmm. And then um, I like to try to um, buy a majority of my tools from one dealer. That way, uh, it's easier. Like I could go to my snap on dealer and say, Hey, I need a print off of everything I've ever purchased. Mm -hmm. ever. And you get pretty close to what that list actually and, is. And I, yeah. And I'd be pretty close. Of course, I've probably lost one or two sockets here and there, and those have been replacements, you know, but that would show up as a double, you know what I mean? On the receipt. Mm -hmm but i could get pretty darn close and then everything that i purchased like say from harbor freight um those are all digital receipts that they send me and um those are all all stored to my google drive which is in the cloud and the pictures of my trucks all, all pictures of my tools are all saved in my google drive as well so i do something similar to richard i just haven't gone the extra mile of, of marking it all out probably too scared to know exactly <laughs> everything I we came purchased. to the same conclusion a couple of weeks back but, we talked uh, about how much we spent yeah <clears throat> but this is a but this that is, being this said be a, like a quick, uh you know any any service leader that's listening you heard marshall just say i've got a toolbox essentially rolling on my service truck i've got a toolbox uh at the main shop that i take uh customer trucks to and because he does what he does and the way he does it, they have large um, fleet customers where they have lots of vehicles. So instead of you having to carry extra stuff and take stuff out of the truck, you've got another toolbox. That's three. Three effectively, you know, two of them are about 80% of what you use on a day-to-day -day basis. Not 100%, yeah. but 80%. But that's three times the amount of tools that the average automotive tech's going to have. Three. So anybody out there looking for someone who's wanting to crush in mobile, they're spending three, potentially two to three times the amount of tools as the average automotive tech is. And when we're talking about pay I mean, and we're talking it, about tool organization, that's that's something to take into account of a service when you go to cut that paycheck. Yeah, and like, listen, our job is 
90% is based off of our ability to do things quickly and efficiently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what happened is, is like, I'd be at a customer, uh, my, that big fleet shop and I'd be toting stuff out of my truck to fix something. I'm working there 10 hours at the end of 10 hours. The last thing I wanted to do was take all that crap that I just used all day long and pack it all back into my truck. It just, and, and, and who pays for that time for me to go back and forth between my truck to be more efficient. It was easier to just, I just called the snap on guy and I said, Hey, I need a toolbox here tomorrow. And he's like, all right, what do you want? What color? <laughs> you know, so I had it, had him drop it off. And uh, that same day, he said, hey, I'll be over there on Tuesday. I said, all right, cool. Wednesday or uh, Monday night when I got done for the day, I drove my service truck over to Harbor Freight. And I spent about $4,000 and I just filled the whole back of my service truck up with everything possible that I could think of that I might need for that sec you know, third set of tools. So then I... I, you know, fill it full of sockets and uh, wrenches and anything extra that I might need. And then there's certain things that I'd like to have uh, that are brand specific, you know, like I prefer snap on ratchets. So I told a snap on guy, throw me a couple of three H ratchets in there, different lengths, throw me a couple of this, throw me a couple of those. Those are specific items that I have to have that are snap on because I, I like the way they are. I'm more efficient with them. So toolbox showed up. That uh, that day I worked out of my truck all day long, and at the end of the day I packed that that toolbox slam full full of full of tools on my time, and then I was ready to rock and roll. Nice. So nice. So it's safe to say some but, of us are better at organizing than others, Richard. It's it's safe to say that some <laughs> of us are get detailed like you, and we you can get more detailed, but some of us are not. And I think this is maybe a wake-up call to some and, of us who aren't as organized and aren't as detailed. Love to know what anybody else has listened to. Like, are you detailed like Richard, or are you not detailed like me? I I did I have I have not recently organized my stuff. I my shop out back is an absolute fucking disaster, and I hate it every time I walk outside right now. But the focus is, you know, helping Russell and Rick at Fix Off Marketing right now, and and trying and doing everything I can to make content for you guys to to help help you guys improve your days so you know if i spend 20 minutes out in the shop it's probably to lube the chain on my bike that's probably what i'm going to do right now and and maybe come winter time and you know the heart of do you prefer wax or oil 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 for sure just curious uh but we're gonna see how how that goes I, uh... now my old power sports boss uh he liked wax for certain bikes he liked oil for certain bikes but in the, the day it's it's yeah it's preference and as long as you're doing it frequently like his his mantra was you go for a ride you wax your chain you go for a ride you oil the chain you go for yeah. a ride wax your chain you go for a, every single time whether it's for five kilometers or 500 kilometers when you're done you go to put it away the best time to the best time to to get it lubed up is right after your ride because it's nice and hot so it'll get everywhere yeah that's when I do always do did mine. I was gonna touch on insurance real quick though. So what I do, um, Richard, is I worked at a shop that needed an itemized list because they they did cover. And then I've worked at shops that only would pay um, like a, a retroactive amount. So based on the length of time that you owned the tool, they would pay you a percentage of replacement. So because of that. I got my own insurance 
Um, for a long time, I did. I was renting, and I did it through my renter's insurance. But now I do it through my homeowner's insurance. But um, yeah, that's how I've always done mine. And then, um, like right now, I'm insured for a hundred k. So yeah, like when for I work full full replacement of everything. So when I worked at uh, the first four dealer, we when the when we were bought out by the large group, they came in and asked us valuate estimated valuation and then based it off that the gm store was the same way and then nissan wanted an actual itemized list and that's when i started taking photos of everything and itemizing it like crazy and then i've just rolled it over to to gm the nice thing was taking all those pictures moving from because nissan was built-ins gm was built-ins doing that move between I was able to set up my toolbox at the new store the same way my box was set up at Nissan. So, and it didn't take me you yeah. know, three and a half weeks of relearning where all my shit was, which was that's everybody knows that's a pain in the ass. Oh my so. goodness. But I feel like it's an important thing to note that like some insurances will only pay you for a percentage yeah. of what it is to cost uh, to replace your tool. So going forward for the other people listening, if you're just now, thinking about something like this you should reach out to your service leader and say hey if the shop burned down tomorrow what does that look like for me um because i've heard some horror stories and i need my tools to make a living and if i needed to replace them tomorrow how quickly could i get a check to get my tools replaced that's why i went with my own in addition to what the shop offers yeah because they may only give me 40 percent of of the value of my tools um, but my insurance company will cut me a check in three days. I'll be back to rocking and rolling. So those are things that, that you need to know. I feel like as a mechanic, yeah, big time due diligence tools are vital for us. Big, to go. big time due diligence. Yes. We can do a lot of stuff without tools and you're going to be able to get, get away with certain things. You're going to be able to, you know, if the shop burnt down, everybody in the shop, there's no, no tools to borrow from, right? It's if a shop burns down in all likelihood, everybody in that shop is finding a new job somewhere else. Unless you happen to be lucky enough to work in a group where they can disperse you guys, you know, to another store in the group or whatever the case may be. But that might be not as easy as, you know, going down to the street, going from a Honda store to a to a Lexus store or a Honda store to a Chevy store or whatever the case may be. You might have to go cross province, cross state to go to another store in the group. It might not be exactly that easy. And you still got to figure out tools, right? Sometimes we're in a circumstance where, Tools are just about as hard to come by as parts for the cars we're fixing sometimes, right? Some of the stuff you acquired 15, 20 years ago is not the same kind of tools that you're going to buy today. Either the quality, type, quantity, description, whatever the case may be, you know, you go to do the length that Richard is going through for organization. You know exactly what the serial number is. You can pull it up by database and they go, oh, yes, we can, you know, there's one of those still in the warehouse. We can still get that tool. Not the tool that it's up, it's quote unquote upgraded to, or whatever the case may be. But you know, this is kind of a wake up call for for anybody out there that's on the bench that has never technically thought about insurance in terms of their tools that may assume uh, that they have insurance on their tools because they're in a building that's insured. Just because you have, just because the building's insured, does not mean your tools are. Just be, it doesn't mean that they're insured the way you expect them to be insured doesn't mean that they're insured for things that you accept them to be insured for. You know, Marshall mentioned, you know, what happens if the shop burns down? Well, what happens if the shop's flooded? 
right? What happens if the shop flooded? Yeah, all your ratchets, your your wrenches, anything that's solid steel or whatever the case be that that isn't coated, yeah, they're gonna rust. It's gonna be shit, especially if it's salt water and not fresh water. Anything that happens to be electronic is is fucked and gone. You know, if the shop doesn't have flood insurance and it only has fire insurance, you might get screwed. And secondly, mentioned in there, you know, it only covers a percentage of the tools. You know, some insurance only covers a percentage of the tools. Well, I, you, you can't buy 80% of a wrench. <laughs> and good luck trying to find wrenches that you need specifically at a moment's notice that's used that is potentially 80% of the value it is new. That doesn't exist on an on a expeditious timeline. If you need tools because all of a sudden the shop burns down, you need tools today, not tomorrow. Not in three weeks, not in three months. You need tools today. That is our living that they are talking about. So do your due diligence, folks. That's a great question, Richard. That's a great question. We all need to be doing our due diligence on, especially, forget about an organization for a second. Do your due diligence on insurance on your tools. That's a big deal. Awesome. Okay, 